0: Obviously,
1: you're not a golfer.
0: What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Fuck that shit. through the Ribbon. You take drugs, Danny? Yeah. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Really, really,
1: really, really, really well. I drink your milkshake. <sighs> I drink it up. Son of a bitch, stole mine. You're a cantaloupe
0: well welcome back to WTM watch this movie movies I am your host Eric Mulder
1: so he says wrecked him, damn near killed him. that's grown on me
0: You're girls a little bit there you go <laughs> <laughs> joining me today mr alex jones yo 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 Bop
1: Bop beef jerky time you want some beef jerky? beef jerky. holler
0: i was looking for trading places the other day and just couldn't find it anywhere
1: you don't own it i don't so i needed to buy it blu-ray it's a christmas must
0: I went to the Best Buy in Mall of America cuz they have, you know, a big selection mm-hmm. not there. Barnes and Noble Mall of America, not there. Discland used Blu-ray, not there.
1: Really? Yeah. Used Blu-ray. Yeah. Maybe they had a fresh one. <laughs> I doubt it.
0: They have like eight new DVD uh, Blu-rays. They're always up at the front. <laughs> like they don't have a new section. They just have these are new releases and everything else is old and used. <laughs> That's true, I guess. <laughs> And I went to Cheapo as well, and they didn't have it I used Blu ray or a, in their main selection, like a new one. They didn't have one either. I was like, fuck, I don't want
1: to have to it's go disappointing. online. Disappointing. Well, that's uh, what it's come to with buying movies in person. Cause then when I we online, were trying to just find your shitty movie yeah. um, the other day. We had to order it online because uh, yeah. we found one, and we're like, well, we should be able to find that somewhere. Has major actors and like maybe there'll be like a Christmas collection or some shit. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. I called Discland even and checked Best Buy and Target and all kinds of shit. Nothing. I'm like fucking a. <laughs> it's become more and more difficult to like just. Uh, I kind of want to watch that movie right now, <laughs> and unless it's on Netflix, it's like you gotta wait at least two days if you're I a Prime t- member. I think trading. <laughs> we're not Prime is... members anymore, so it's like a week. Yeah. I'm not in the mood in a week to watch it. <laughs> maybe, I think Trading Places is on Netflix
0: right now. I'm not sure. Might be, but anyways, because I went out, I was like, okay, this is like last Friday or whatever, last weekend sometime. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I want to get Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places, and Danny Murphy Night. That's what I was feeling. <laughs> I was able to get Beverly Hills Cop at Best Buy Blu-ray. Yeah, it's always in that bin, seven or six bucks Blu-ray.
1: Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it has yeah, decent it special features.
0: Yep. I've looked around for like special editions and no dice. Yeah. But, yeah, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of film news. News. Newsies.
1: What's in the news?
0: <laughs> you look like you're in the cast of Newsies. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. How about Mr. Tarantino and Star Trek? QT. Let's just get into it. QT-bop. Last week, um, people have been wondering what's going on with Star Trek Four. Like, hey, we got all, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was not.
1: I didn't care. I didn't even remember when the last one came out. <laughs>
0: well, Star Trek fans have been, myself included.
1: Get over it. The show's been on for fucking ever. Can we move on? <laughs> Just kidding. Just like Batman. Just, uh, it's fucking old, okay?
0: Enough Batmans. <laughs> um. So, I mean, they they kind of still have all the actors lined up, except for Chekhov, of course, because... Um, who? Well, the guy who played Chekhov passed okay. away. Um, fuck, what's his name? He's in Green Room and... Brain fart. You want to look it up real quick? But, yeah, the whole cast is still kind of like, yeah, we're kind of moving forward. We're going to have a... Think about having a movie, but there hasn't really been any movement. Like, no director attached, no script. Well... There was a bombshell report last week that Tarantino met with uh, Paramount executives and J.J. Abrams. Well,
1: that's the rumor.
0: And he pitched him an idea he had for a Star Trek movie. And I know one of the requirements he had that if they made this movie, it had to be rated R. And apparently Paramount was so blown away by the idea that they agreed to do it right away, pretty much. And so, tentatively, we're going to be getting a Star Trek movie that's rated R, possibly directed by Tarantino, which is fucking nuts. That's pretty wild. Now, uh, some, pe- some people worry, like like I told my dad, and he's like, so it's just going to be a bunch of dialogue in the ship now? or <laughs> <laughs> like, He likes Tarantino. What a great but- synopsis by
1: your dad. I love it. But
0: I was like, well, that's also what Star Trek is. There's a bunch of people talking on the bridge, and there's shit blowing up outside. You know, right. I mean, obviously, there's more action to that. I mean, yeah. Go down on the planets and things like that, interact with planetary folk. Mm-hmm. But because this reminds me of a report, but is the early, early aughts when uh, people were speculating that Tarantino was going to do a Bond movie? Uh, he's been a huge Bond fan his whole life, and he expressed a lot of interest in doing one. And people were kind of worried, like, you know, this is like right around Kill Bill time. So you make a Bond movie, it's it's not going to look like a Bond movie. It's going to look like, you know, Pulp Fiction or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And he said he would be very traditional with it. It would be a Bond story. He wouldn't, like, I'm sure he'd,
1: you know, beef up the dialogue a bunch. But, yeah, I guess I wouldn't worry about him taking over a, you know, founded story and thinking Mm -hmm. he's going to turn it into Django or Pulp Fiction or something. He created all those, so it's like (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. his universe. I don't think he would try to force something on a different one. I guess I'd never worried about that.
0: Yeah, I think he would. I think he would consider like offensive if he changed a bunch of stuff because it's like he's all about
1: paying homage to shit. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he would come into Star Trek or James Bond and think like he knows better. He's gonna change it up or something like that. He probably would go overboard with. Probably the amount of references and shit from mm-hmm. older ones. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. why I was like, "Oh, you should you got to watch the original series
0: now to get all the references <laughs> he's going to pump in there." <laughs> it's only three seasons.
1: I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did hear like a, I, Sam read that he was. He made a comment years ago um, that said, "If he if he were to take over Star Trek, he would actually." There's one episode in the original series that he would take the episode and turn it into a full-length movie or something like that? That's what his plan is? Is that true?
0: Um, There isn't really any
1: details about
0: what, what the story would entail at Okay. All.
1: She had read an article that said he made some comment like that years mm. ago. So they're thinking, oh, is that what he's going to try and do or something? I like, mean, obviously not a complete me. replication, but it would maybe also, I have no idea.
0: It also <clears> kind <throat> of fit with their current storyline because in the new Star Trek movies, they have that messed-up timeline It's like they're reliving everything in the old series and movies, but in a different way. Yeah. I wouldn't say they messed up the timeline. They just changed it. And so it kind of allows them to do a lot of different things. If they want to do like a remake or if they want to go off in a whole new direction, they're kind of, they got their bases covered. Yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting, I think. I think it'd be really great to see Tarantino direct a franchise that he's really passionate about. It'd be cool. Even though like, I'm not a
1: heavy into Star Trek, I'd mm-hmm. be interested to see his take on it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like if uh, I mean the Man of No Name trilogy isn't really a trilogy. It it is, but doesn't you can argue that tied. he's a different character in each movie and right. they aren't really tied together at all. Yeah. Well, all the
1: f- fucking the one villain is two different villains. Yeah. Within the trilogy, so uh-huh. yeah,
0: and the other guy is a villain. And a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy, and then a villain. <laughs> I should say. Yeah, yep. and second and third. Levon
1: Cleve, he's um, bad. <laughs> Not full-blown villain. I just got done watching the full trilogy. Yeah. Again.
0: See, so isn't it better as it goes along? Third is the best. Seconds. That's uh, so. Second best for. You know, so first I actually, I thought
1: of, I asked you before I finished the third one. Uh I would say second, third, first. Oh, I so like you, your second is a favorite for you, huh? I think so. You just, I like the second a lot. I like Von Cleef's character uh-huh. in that one better than in Good, Bad, and the Ugly, I think. And I liked it so much, I think it, that's what kind of topped uh-huh. it. I think
0: you just like the music and the rape.
1: <laughs> the fucking little duel at the end? <laughs> it's baller. <laughs> There's a duel in the end of all of them. Yeah, it's just way baller
0: in the same <laughs> one. <laughs> Uh but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, people shouldn't be worried about Tarantino fucking up Star Trek. I mean, the fans were pissed off, I mean like the, the hardcore trekkies were pissed off at the first two new ones. they liked the by and large,
1: they liked the third one, Star Trek beyond, but so didn't he say he was gonna be done after so many movies? Yes, so does this uh, count see that that's that's, that's the main the problem. part that I don't like. It's so not I, clear. I be, right. It's not clear if he's just taking this on as kind of, well, fucking they went for it. <laughs> yeah. So why not? Almost like he just tossed it out there, not expecting to totally get it, maybe. Yeah.
0: I can pretty much guarantee you that whether but, he does or if if he did do Star Trek, it would not be his 10th movie. Yeah. Because we know for a fact right now he's working on that late 60s Charles Manson movie. Yeah. That'll be his ninth. And then we don't know anything about 10th yet. Because he's going to be done after
1: ten. That's what he says. Yeah, that's what he says.
0: Yeah. And every once in a while, he's, you know, put a little breadcrumb out there like, well, you know, you never say never. You know, things can change. Mm -hmm. But I think at least he would quit for a while. Yeah. Not like Steven Soderbergh. We're like, I'm retired. And then two weeks later, well, I'm going to direct this now. I got bored. (laughs) Well, this is a TV series, so this is different. And then, well, now you're just doing a fucking movie again. So (laughs) make up your fucking mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I really don't think it'll be his 10th. And, you know, he, he still might not direct it. It's possible he just kind of helps produce it. And I heard they were looking for writers right now, and, like, the the front runner was, I forget his name, but he wrote uh, The Revenant. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is also weird because, you know, Tarantino writes all his own screenplays. You know, uh, Jackie Brown was based off of a novel, Rum Punch, but he still worked out the screenplay. However, you know, he's known in movies throughout the 90s to... He's known to have worked on a bunch of films and been uncredited with, you know, doctoring their scripts. Like uh, Crimson Tide was one. The Rock was another where he they hired him to come in and, you know, spruce up the dialogue a little bit. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is his idea, so I'm sure the writers are going to take his idea, flesh it out, and he'll come in and probably change certain things or dialogue or mm-hmm. add whatever he wants. I'm sure it'll be pretty collaborative, but... Yeah, that's pretty big fucking news.
1: It's pretty interesting. In the
0: Tarantino front.
1: Yep. Revenant writer Mark Smith. Mark Smith. Seems too generic. I thought I'd remember something else. You know his brother I'm John? Saying. No, I don't.
0: John Jay? No. <laughs> John Jacob? Jingleheimer?
1: Yeah, I forgot Jingle part. I just <laughs> remember Heimer.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> God, there was something else in the news. What's in the news, Jones? You got something? What's in the
1: news? Uh, no, I actually didn't really have anything. I wasn't prepared to talk about film news.
0: Oh, I was going to bring up that uh, I did see on, Red an article the other day, I tweeted about it. Or I retweeted the article one of the two they are finally coming out with a friday the 13th blu-ray set again dope because we talked about it in the past it would there used to be one need to buy it for like i don't know a year or two and then they kind of took it off the shelves mm-hmm. well so they come out with a new box set only problem is it's only the first eight movies
1: what i forget where they end
0: eight is jason takes manhattan what's
1: after that then the remake
0: no, Jason Goes to Hell would be 9. Okay. And then there was Jason X, so Jason 10 in space. There's Freddy vs. Jason.
1: That's the last.
0: The remake.
1: Before the remake.
0: So I think there's 12
1: total. Yeah, because I wouldn't consider the remake in there anyways. No. But I guess you could argue Freddy vs. Jason not even being in there. That's kind of dumb. But well, there's different... The full, I I get it, but it's still like... I'm not buying that. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I would buy it, to be honest with you. I just you wouldn't I'd... buy
0: the first eight? You don't even want the other four. I mean, I want Jason Goes to Hell. I haven't seen it, but
1: no, nah. and Jason
0: 10, I'd probably want in there. But
1: I guess I don't have Jason 10 now. I think I have Jason Goes to Hell. can't remember. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's the same way I feel about the Scream combo pack that they have out there. They only have one through three. They don't have a four. Mm-hmm. They don't have a pack that contains the fourth movie. So yeah. I've st- I still just have my DVDs, Scream mm-hmm. one, two, three, and then the Blu-ray of the fourth. Why don't you just buy the
0: the, the three Blu-ray then? And that the what the three pack? Why don't you if you already have the fourth on Blu-ray? Why don't you buy the three movies? Why would I do that?
1: Why would I combine three out of the four? I want to combine all of them in one. that it? You would have all of them on a Blu-ray then, in two different Blu-rays. So. I want one. I want one Blu-ray pack
0: with the entire series, because that one I have there is pretty sweet. Because it's five discs, it's three
1: movies. Yeah, you get documentary, documentary, I've and there's I've, another I've special been features. Several times.
0: I got it for like ten bucks. It's a fucking steal.
1: Not happening. I'm not you.
0: <laughs> See, that's what I have, and I have the Scream Four Blu-ray
1: sitting right next to it. Problem solved. I don't believe in it. i don't like them i did get all the saws uh how much that cost that was like a ten dollar pack all of them when did you buy these (laughs) like a year or so ago (laughs) and i went i literally went over to the the movie case and i took all my fucking saw blue dvd copies threw them in the trash (laughs) and put in this little one. i was like sweet because i don't give a fuck about most of them first second third's okay uh after that, I don't care. But mm-hmm. I, when those were coming out, I bought almost, I think I bought up to five, hmm. maybe six. Can't remember. Up to five. I can't remember how many <laughs> there are now. Uh, but I didn't like it. It wasn't any good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, now I just have one little soft pack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, just buying shit you don't want. Well,
1: that's what you did with the Jason ones. Most of those aren't that good. I didn't buy the Jason ones. Or that's what that pack is. I mean, why would you buy... Only, I like a lot of those. Why would you buy only partial of the entire series if you only like not even all those? Well, the
0: eight, I pretty much love all of them, <clears> except <throat> for Jason Takes Manhattan. All of them?
1: Oh, I don't like all of them.
0: Well, we got the, we got the first one, Yeah, mom. which I think is overrated, but... Still, it's the first one. It's good. Tom Savini, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, no. You know, nothing to complain about. Two, I think, is pretty sweet. Three, he got a bag is, over he, his head. Yeah,
1: and then three is when he gets the mask. Three, you got to have the three. Yeah,
0: the three is also the three D movie, so it's a lot of fun. Four is when you're introduced to um, Corey Feldman. He's uh, Tommy Jarvis. Oh
1: yeah. Yep.
0: So four is pretty sweet. I haven't seen past three in a while. Five is not good. Five is the one where it's like a copycat guy he dresses up as Jason, tries okay. to kill people. And then six was Jason Liz, which is fucking awesome. And then seven was the uh the girl who had like the telekinesis powers. Oh yeah. Accidentally killed her dad in the beginning. Yeah. That one was okay. Not great, but not
1: like five. And then there's eight, which is not good. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> and ten is garbage. So, Jason Goes to Hell, I haven't seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, so, I would have loved I saw to that when I was a kid. There,
1: but... So, I think that's the one where they're doing it in the tent. And the girl gets stabbed from behind while she's doing it with the guy. Mm-hmm. I think that Jason Goes to Hell. I saw that in Colorado Springs when I was like six. Uh, yeah, and then Jason X. Which I used to see Jason X on USA Network during the summer. They just played a lot. <laughs> And over time, it changed to Jason versus Freddy. <laughs> That's actually the only place I've seen Jason vs. Freddy was on the USA Network. Hmm. I've never watched it not off of TV, I guess. It was enjoyable. I remember going, I'll never watch this full thing. And then one day I was like, yeah, I think I caught every minute of that. <laughs> it's like, hey, it was entertaining enough. It's, one fucking, day, it's uh, fucking Freddy versus Jason. So it's like, man, eh, it's good enough.
0: One day you wake up and roll over and you think to yourself,
1: Get, you know what? I've seen the whole movie. <laughs> Ready versus Jason. Done. Check. <laughs> I grab my notebook, I go, check that off the list. <laughs> Alright, well, I think it's that time. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see?
0: What did you see, Jones?
1: I saw. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Hit me. Two times. Put some stank on it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get. The, you get some liar, liar. <laughs> Fucking quote's cool, going there. Gee, let me think.
0: Um sure. <laughs> Not a liar liar, but it's Jim Carrey.
1: And That's it did cool. fit. It was close enough. <laughs> uh I saw little little diddle. <laughs> 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 little diddle bop called uh wind both Jack and Diane. wind river (laughs) came out this year uh you've talked about it i believe you've rated it Mm -hmm. um but i'll give a little synops veteran tracker with the fish and wildlife service helps to investigate the murder of a young native american woman and uses a case as a means to investigate his own daughter's death i kind of summarized that last part because i just got three dots on the little imdb app uh
0: you want to get the mic just a little bit closer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how are we, how we sounding? Good. Do I got to repeat myself? So
0: it was just, you were just talking away from the microphone. I'm a wild... Yeah, st- <laughs> i a- off
1: your bones. So you're <laughs> mumbling there. I'm a wild stallion, dude. Right? <laughs> uh, So Wind River stars Jeremy Renner, Kelsey Asbelay, um, Julia Jones, holla, and <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, those are kind of the heavy hitters, I would say. Um, my boy John Bernthal makes an appearance. He does not much of an appearance, but he makes an appearance. He caught me off guard because I I forgot he was in there. Um, movie's directed and written by Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan also did Hell or High Water, Scario. Well, he wrote those movies, or wrote those. This was his directorial debut. Yeah. Um, I'd say overall, the movie is a contender for my favorite movie of the year. Contender. It's definitely up there. I'm gonna have to sit down at the end of the year and really look over and see what I watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Driver. Might push this one, but I, I I think I like this one better than Baby Driver. That's a tough one, too. JB, we got so many Burnthal movies. I was going to say JB, JB's in that one, too. JB <laughs> <GB. laughs> <laughs> <GB> special. <laughs> Call the, Toppers. Get that JB special. I'm bringing it back. Feel the burn. The <laughs> Burnthal. <laughs> Good thing. Otherwise, I could not follow you. <laughs> um. Yeah, Wind River is just, just a good old time at the, at the movies. <laughs> I don't know. You touched on it. Uh, all the performances are excellent. Cinematography is pretty baller, I would say, out there in the wilderness. The twist at the end, I mean, not a huge twist, but I would say the buildup to it is, trying try not to give too much away since the newer movie, um, is pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. You feel the, you can feel the tension, and then it kind of kicks you in the nuts all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. it's like shit just got real, and <laughs> you knew it was gonna happen, but it, it still catches you off guard. Jeremy Renner is, I don't know, he's good. Mm-hmm. It's he, he's becoming one of those actors where it's like, well, it's, it's fucking Jeremy Renner. He's a tracker. I yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's really good, but uh, I don't know. I'm not going to compliment him that much. What do you expect? The bar's <laughs> risen for him. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen was kind of irritating to me for a little oh, really? bit. Just initially, I get what she's the character she's trying to play. She's a young FBI agent that's out there not to investigate the murder, it's to determine if an investigation needs to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she's sent out to understand if the woman that was murdered, if they you know, coroner's report's going to say murder or accidental death or something of that nature if it's murder then fbi comes in and there's an argument about that but uh she was kind of annoying right away because i get she's supposed to be young and so she's like trying to prove herself um Mm -hmm. she's a little too annoying at first but i guess it worked so she did a good job but yeah i thought uh that overall because where is it wyoming Mm -hmm. i believe it takes place yeah, kind of the scenes and just that wilderness aspect is pretty interesting. So I like the story as the story as a whole is really good too. And I did enjoy that the I'll spoil the one thing, the one Native American kid in the back of the police cruiser calls out Jeremy Renner for being white and he's trying to like protect the land. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the only thing Indian about you is your dead wife or, <laughs> your, or your dead daughter and like something else. Jeez. Renner fucks him up, but it's like I was starting to think that too, like you're just a white dude running. Around. I get maybe he grew up there and all, but <laughs> like yeah, he was trying to relate too much. Uh but it worked out. The scene was necessary, so it made me like the movie even more because it's mm-hmm. like yeah, somebody should call him out that he's like tracking and doing everything, but he's like the only white dude in town <laughs> yeah. doing this. Like his wife's Native American, his daughter was. Um, but no, I thought it was good. That was really good. So, Yeah, could be could be my tops. Or best pick of the year.
0: Right now, it's in my top three, along with uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I got to see that
1: one. And, uh, oh, uh, It Comes at Night. Yep. That was the other one. Because right now, this Baby Driver and It Comes at Night are... Interchangeable. Yeah, they're all pretty Hmm. close. And it really is a mood thing, too, where it's like Wind River is just excellent. Baby Driver is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I love the music, so that always catches me. Uh, but It Comes at Night was pretty good. So that's what I got. What you rank this one? I gave it a soonish knocking on the door of uh, ASAP.
0: So it's soonish right now. Yeah. I'll revisit it at the end of the year, mm-hmm. depending on where it is on the list. Maybe I'll bump it up to an ASAP next year type of thing.
1: Yeah, I'd say soonish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd
0: be kinda of hard for me to put up to an ASAP. Not that it I don't know if I could. I put think it, it in just ASAP. It executes everything perfectly. Right. But maybe it's just you know, maybe the level of difficulty I guess for this type of film isn't as high as maybe another film, yeah. if you kinda of get what I'm saying. No,
1: that I, I feel the exact same way. It's really mm-hmm. good. Really, really good. And like you said, it's put together really well. Um I don't know. I, just, I don't know if I could put it in the ASAP category, though. Yeah. It's not, it's it's a it's problem not like that groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't change my perception. It was just like, it. W- I would compare it to Hell or High Water. It was like, it did fucking really good. Did we put Hell or High Water? That's a soonish. I don't know if we've rated that one. Yeah, maybe. soonish. But right. there's. I would never call Hell or High Water an ASAP. Over time, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. Could change your mind. That's the thing. Like these movies that.
0: There's a bunch of them where we were like, well, we can't really find flaws in them. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much, like in our eyes, it's pretty much a perfect movie. Yeah. Well, then why isn't it ASAP? It's like, well, I don't know, I guess the level of difficulty or there's a bunch of factors that come into it. It's also,
1: there's, it's also a feel, I think, sometimes, yeah. too, where it's like, God, it was really good, but. And it's a silly rating system that we fucking made up, so. That, it's our fucking site, so make yeah. your own. <laughs> <laughs> what have, have you seen? Well. I'll tell you after. You
0: know what? Let's just revisit the ratings again. Watch this movie ASAP. Is the best of the best. Tops. T- top notch. Tippy tops. Legendary, iconic films or movies that push the boundaries, things like that. Do you have the site up? Do I what? Do you have the site up? No. Am I looking at our website right now?
1: Well, I was going to say you could rattle off a couple to give an idea.
0: Uh, WTM Soonish is Next Step Down, which is... Yeah, these movies are top-notch as well. just couldn't quite get to the ASAP category. Maybe they're trying to get there, maybe not. But these are great films that you should see as, almost as soon as possible. That's why we say soon-ish. soon-ish. And watch this movie eventually is pretty much our standard stamp of approval. And uh, we think that you should see that movie eventually. If it's currently in theaters, we suggest you go see it in the theaters, mm-hmm. even though we say eventually. Yep. But, yeah, that's kind of our stamp of approval. And then we get to Last Resort, which is – there's some movies in the Last Resort category that you and I both like a lot, even, in some cases. Usually comedies where it's – there's some funny lines in there or something or other. Yeah. be like, revisiting type Ace of thing, Vin, but,
1: Like, we have Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, mm-hmm. uh, American Pie 2, Another 48 Hours. Like, those are mm. all good movies. Like, are they fun movies, fun to yeah. watch? But yeah, they're just not up to the other levels. Mm-hmm.
0: And then never is WTM. Never is pretty much just don't watch that movie.
1: And those we come across usually not intentionally. Mm-hmm. I would say very rarely. It's usually we don't we we don't try to rate movies that are we don't actively try to rate movies as dog shit. Mm-hmm. We're trying to talk about movies we really like. Uh, but occasionally we watch a movie hoping for something better, and it ends up being never. Essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what the majority of these are. I mean, you might have thrown some on here that we've seen in the past. Like War Machine, I talked about before, mm-hmm. that I saw. I didn't even finish. Uh, <laughs> that came out this year. That was one that I had high hopes for, and I watched it. was like, I nobody needs to see it. Mm-hmm. It's just not worthwhile to even watch. So
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's kind of a – you can think of it, if it's easier to think of it, as a one through five – almost like a five-star rating system. You can go with that, but we don't call it that.
1: So you don't, could, so you don't call it, it either.
0: <laughs> He's being nice. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into what I saw. I saw the disaster artist, Roro, just came out in limited release, about to go wide, directed by James Franco, starring James Franco as Tommy Wiseau, Dave Franco as Greg Sestero, uh, Area Grignore, Seth Rogen, Allison Brie, Paul Shear, Zach Efron, Josh Hutcherson, Jason Manzoukas, Nathan Fielder, who is Nathan for you.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Sharon Stone. Yeah, there's a bunch of people in here. All right. Storyline. When Greg Sestero, an aspiring film actor, meets the weird and mysterious Tommy Wiseau in an acting class... They form a unique friendship and travel to Hollywood to make their dreams come true. So, this is based off of a book called The Disaster Artist, written by Greg Sestero, who was in a movie called The Room that was made by Tommy Wiseau. And this book is all about the making of, kind of behind the scenes, his relationship with Tommy, because they were very close friends and remain friends to this day. So the movie is obviously based off the book and it's kind of, it's that story. It's the Franco brothers are the two leads. James Franco is Tommy and Dave Franco plays Greg. So it kind of goes through their early friendship and then when they start making The Room. And The Room is, if you haven't heard, it's a big cult phenomenon film. It's considered the worst movie ever. It's kind of, it's. I know, I guess that's like the stock response people have for it. When you mm-hmm. ask, oh, what is it? What is it? Oh, it's just the worst movie ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uptown it,
1: Theater in Minneapolis plays it once a month at midnight. Yep. Yeah. Last Friday of every month. Cause Other
0: theaters will show it sometimes. Yeah, because it's that
1: quintessential midnight cult crap fun movie mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yep. The Room itself came out in like 2003, and then... Started getting a cult following probably a year or two after that because it was kind of a local L.A. thing, like L.A. college area. People were getting into it, you know, Mm -hmm. sharing it. Like, oh, I saw this movie. you got to check this out. Or people were asking, how do I get this DVD? I want this on DVD, you know. Story itself is the movie, The Room, basically about a love triangle, but that's not really that important because the whole movie is just a complete mess. But uh, this film, The Disaster Artist, was phenomenal. James Franco was incredible. Uh, I've met Tommy Wiseau, and Franco nailed it. And Wiseau in person is also pretty similar to what you see on the screen.
1: Did you say you met him? Mm-hmm. What did he come to...
0: Yeah, he came and did a and a for the screening. Oh, okay. I met him and Greg Sestero, who huh. wrote the book. And he is... I don't know, I kind of want to talk about it almost on a separate episode. Mm-hmm. we talk about The Room, maybe. Maybe at the year-end yeah. episode, that type of thing. Get into more Tommy stuff, but he is... I always describe him in one word, aloof. He is fucking aloof as shit. <laughs> what does that mean? He just does not know what... Why don't you look up the definition? <laughs> he just does not know what's going on. He is oblivious to sometimes other people's thoughts and words. He's a little background on Tommy is no one knows where he's from or how old he is or where he got his money. And that's to this day, nobody knows those, those questions. Aloof, not friendly or
1: forthcoming, cool and distant. Aloof. That's aloof. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong. They were courteous, not, f- but faintly aloof. Mm-hmm. An example sentence of how to use it. well, Technically Distant, detached, unfriendly, antisocial, unsociable, avoidant, remote.
0: Well, that actually does describe Tommy to a certain extent, especially watching the disaster artists um, or if you've kind of seen him. I mean, he was friendly to me, mm-hmm. um, but he's just the guy's oblivious to most things. He's a foreigner. He has a uh, an accent, um, but he would try to play it off like he was from Louisiana. It's like,
1: well, he's from New Orleans, right? <laughs> no. Well, that's what what old Franco said on (laughs) O'Brien last night. (laughs) Yeah. I saw him talking. He said he's from New Orleans. Yeah. That's that's in the movie, too. So he's not? No, he's not from New Orleans. Where is he from?
0: Nobody knows. No? (laughs) What? Not even Franco? You can look it up. No. You can't. People have tried to ask him interviews. He'll end the interview. It's a very touchy subject. He just lies, or he'll end the conversation. He won't tell anybody where he's from. There's rumors... uh, People play some Eastern Europe. That's the rumor. But they can't pin down like a country. I've heard a story about him being from Poland and then he took a French name and then came over. But that's kind of, you know, third, fourth, fifth hand. I mean, yeah, so it's all rumors get started. I love rumors. The what Wikipedia says. Because the room was made for, people don't know for sure, but uh, estimated that it was over six million to make that movie. Six million. In two thousand three, in an indie movie, and it's a pile of shit. It's like where did all this fucking movie, you know, money come from. And that's one of the topics in the movie and things like that. So, don't want to ruin too much, but yeah, it is. It is a blast. It's mm. really funny. Franco's great. Even Dave Franco's good, although he just kind of plays the same character he's been playing in a lot of movies lately. Yeah where like in like Neighbors ends up being like the voice of reason for the friends or like the guys. Yeah. You know, like Teddy, you got to get your shit together and stuff like that. Seth Rogen. Like, I you know, see is in this. He directs like the scenes that Tommy is in because Tommy is the director, but yeah, he's hmm. not directing when he's acting, but yeah, great cast, really funny. Um, I would recommend that you at least see the room before seeing the disaster artist. I mean, you'll get it, but there's be so many jokes that you're going to miss.
1: Yeah, I was gonna Don't say because I've never seen the room, but that's what I want to do before I actually watch this. Yeah. I would say it is a WTM soonish. Who soonish? Pretty good for a comedy. For the disaster artist. Mm-hmm. It's getting early Oscar buzz.
0: It is. It's in the ninety percent's on the old RT meter.
1: I'm on a bit of an RT boycott. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. No. Because you've been looking at all the Star Wars prequel scores.
1: No. <laughs> no, no. 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 Sam looks them up. Uh, she's not on a boycott. Just me. <laughs> Boy- the house is divided. Why are you boycotting? Uh you know, I didn't I didn't care for the new show they put out where they withhold ratings. Oh um, yeah. Like it, they did the Justice League. It kinda bothered me a little bit, mm-hmm. just the whole idea of it. Yeah. Um yeah, it and also to annoying. prohibit I mean they said it was all they said, well it's just, you know, kind of the release thing. We're gonna withhold everything until our show. Um but it also gave the vibe of you know there's controversy where they say, Oh, it's dictating ticket sales and stuff because people, if they people see it's a shit movie, they're not going to go to it. Um, which I argue, movies are too fucking expensive, so I think it's a good way to determine which movies you go to. But, uh, yeah, so I've been on a bit of a boycott, even deleted the app from a phone. Still got IMDb, I never use their score, anyways, but just for info. Yeah. But, the thing about like IMDb uh, and Rotten Tomatoes
0: and things like that, all their scores that they have for movies and how they rate them. Once you really get to know their ratings and, like, you're familiar with, like, if you can have, like, a 100 movies in your head and you can know, like, what they're rated, at least roughly, on, like, each site or whatever Mm -hmm. site you're thinking of, then you understand it a lot more. Or, like, you could have, like, if I see, if I'm looking at a movie and I look it up and IMDB and I see whatever score it is. Now, there's a bunch of movies that are probably similar to that that I've seen, or the actor or director, or something's involved in other movies, and I can see what those are rated as. Um, the Parrot. And also just movies in general, like, you can always go on their top 100 list, what people rate as the highest, you know, like Dark Knight's right up. I think Shawshank Redemption is still number one, but like Dark Knight, I think, is number two. Mm-hmm. Once you look through like the 100, or like the top 250 or 500, you kind of know, like, what's rated high, and what's rated low. Like yeah. What's even like a good score. Yeah. Like you look up a movie, you're like 6.5 is like, is that good? Or is that bad? Mm-hmm. It's like, well,
1: you, you
0: know, the more you look at IMDB, the more you at least get a general sense of what people thought. Yeah. Same goes, with you know, brown tomatoes. Although that one's just more of understanding the rating system, how it works. All right. Cause for IMDB, they get the star system one through 10. There isn't much wiggle room there. It's, that's what it is it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a star rating yeah versus people look at 92 percent like oh this movie got an a minus it's like no it didn't get an a minus it means 92 percent of the people thought it was okay or better yeah or i guess i don't know if okay is the right word but they ever use or, metacritic is that the I'll, I'll look at that sometimes because i that, never use that one for that, some reason. i mean um, i
1: don't really use the rating i use rotten tomatoes easily mm-hmm. uh the most, and I'll, I'll kind of glance at IMDb, but I don't use it as much. I never go to Metacritic.
0: Because Metacritic is usually linked um, through IMDb. It'll yeah. show the Metacritic score. Yeah. And those scores, like across the board, I've noticed that their scores are always lower than like Rotten Tomatoes. Mm hmm. Because they have like percentage just like Rotten Tomatoes, but it's they theirs is based off of a review, gives their score like for the movie like a zero out of 100. Like, give it a 10 or a 25 or a fucking 90. And they average those numbers together. So, those are actually, like, letter grades, you could say, that they put all together to make one. Sure. But, yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes is, I mean, they do have a star rating system, too. Like, you can rate the movie, like, between 1 and 5 or 1 and 10 or something like that. Yeah. But nobody pays attention to that shit because it's, like, a little, even the size of the font of that score is tiny it's like hard to see really yeah the tomato meter is just like huge percentage number and then like there's like a little star rating off to the side and like nobody pays attention Mm -hmm. to that this is 3.3 out of 5 and everyone's like i don't know what that means because i have this right here it says 72 percent so i'm gonna look at that yeah but yeah you just gotta learn the rating systems just like ours
1: learn the ropes
0: Check out dot and watch this check out them rating systems. We got the best one out there. Yeah. Because <laughs> we tell you to watch the movie or not. Right. We're just black and white. And if it's a last resort, we're giving a heads up that, you know what? This isn't that great of a movie, I'll but maybe you'll have a good time. Yep. We cover, <laughs> our, cover our asses here.
1: All right. Um, what else did you see? I, I think saw. I got one more, so... It's a real doozy of a so you know we're in the Christmas season. Ooh. So at the Jones household, we watch Christmas movies all month long. So classics. Well, movies Sam had seen that I had not. Um 2004's <laughs> Not Flash Gordon, uh, but two thousand fours. The Polar Express. So Polar Express, on Christmas Eve, a young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express while learning about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a real, you know, recipe for excellent Christmas movie. <laughs> Everybody might believe this. Uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, you know, he did Forrest Gump. So Tom Hanks plays, I think, like three or four animated characters in here. He does mm-hmm. the voice for him. Stars Tom Hanks, Chris Coppola, Michael Jeter, Leslie Zemeckis apparently is a character. Um, I think those are kind of the big ones. It's an animated movie, so it's you're hearing their voices. Um, the train, not train conductor, I guess. I don't know what you'd call him. The guy who yells at each stop and walks up and down the train. <clears throat> I'd always just engineer.
0: I, I would... Like, Helper. if I was sitting on there on the bus or on the on the train, I'd be like, that's a conductor. Right. Like, it'd probably not the right term, but that's
1: what I'd say. So he's actually drawn to look like Tom Hanks. Uh, but outside of that, it doesn't matter. He's running shit. He's running shit. Uh, I give old <laughs> Polar Express a WTM last resort. Ooh. <laughs> we talked before the show. You were thinking maybe never. Yeah. Uh, because it's Christmas, it's animated. It's supposed to be a kid's movie. I'll I'll bump it up from a never to a last resort. There are so many other movies to watch at Christmas that kids can watch too. This is rated G. You uh, read the book? Polar Express? Yeah. No. It's based off of a book. Yeah, I assumed so. Um I don't think so. Maybe as a really I read it kid. as a kid. You Lindy. fucking asshole. You might really like it. <laughs> I thought it was a real piece of work. <laughs> So the animation's great. Story's kind of a downer. (laughs) Uh, There's some animated parts that are almost creepy to me. One of the girls, the main girl in it, the first time you see her, she's like hunched over on the Polar Express looking at the boy and just kind of like rocking a little bit back and forth. It weirded me out. I was like, what's she doing? Like, Mm -hmm. why does it look so creepy? It's supposed to be kind of a fun kids movie. So there were a few scenes where it was like, the animation was too much for me. Like I... I don't know. It almost felt like it wasn't sure what it wanted to do. Animation's very cool, by the way. I mean, the way it was drawn or whatever they did to it, I didn't read up on it. So it looks really good. I just didn't care for it. Um, it was nominated for three Oscars, apparently. Best Achievement in Music, Promotion Picture for Original Song, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. So kind of the redhead stepchildren of Oscar nomination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, offensive. <laughs> I just redheads everywhere. I didn't like this that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a last resort, so I don't have much else to say about it, okay. other than you don't really need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: I saw another new film it just came out in theaters not too long ago. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Hot dog. Kind of a kind of a mouthful of a title
1: there, right? It's a doozy. It's a
0: there's diddle a, There's a comma in there. You don't see too many titles of commas. iRobot. <laughs> uh, love actually. Is it love,
1: comma, actually? I think you're right. Um it's another one with Looking a comma. <laughs> what are we going I here? was gonna say uh <laughs> Doctor Strange Love and How I Stopped, but that doesn't have a comma. No, colon, I think it's colon. It's got yeah. a colon in it. Yeah colonoscopy um me myself and irene two comma bops yep there you go all right you win you got two commas in one title <laughs> i win the game <laughs> comma bops <laughs> when there's two you get to say bops after okay
0: <laughs> new segment i'm sure coming up in the future episodes <laughs> top five comma bop movie yeah <laughs> Alright, back to three billboards. <laughs> uh directed by Martin McDonough.
1: Dunun dunna dunna dun. dun, 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 dun.
0: <laughs> Starring Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Caleb Landry Jones, Carrie Condon. Um John Hawks is in here. Yeah. Minnesota's own John Hawks.
1: Oh, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Go um, oh, beers. Lucas Hedges from <laughs> Uh, Manchester by the Sea. Nice. Wonka Tonka. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna load that clip, but I haven't had time yet. Anyways. Oh, and also has Mrs. Mack. Really? She plays Sam. Oh, Rock- yeah.
1: she, she plays Sam Rockwell's mother. I think I saw her in uh trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Peter Dinklage. Gotta call up Peter Dinklage. Ah, oh, funny. Just uh, saw him
0: and Elf. <laughs> <laughs> uh storyline is A mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. That's kind of a terrible little synopsis of the story. (laughs) Prior to the film starting, Frances McDormand's daughter was raped and killed. And it's like seven months to a year before the movie starts. So it's been a while. And it's kind of become a cold case. And she's not happy about it. So she buys out these three billboards that kind of go into the town kind of right by her house and um, she puts up messages that are very critical of the police. It calls out the chief Willoughby who is Woody Harrelson. Sam Rockwell plays yeah. a deputy of his and so the whole movie is kind of about you know law enforcement, how it works, um, inconsistencies, troubles with it kind um, it's hard to describe because I feel like the movie, I mean, I definitely want to watch it again. Uh, I guess I'm just not sure the message that the film is trying to put forth because it seemed like there was conflicting messages and ideologies because, like, as it starts out, you're thinking, okay, this is a kind of a more liberal message sure. or what it's trying to bring up, and then it kind of throws some conservative stuff in there. And, like, even with, like, points to support those ideas you're like well what are you trying to be here kind of straddling the line which is fine Mm -hmm. i like movies that straddle the line we talked last episode about movies that the ending is literally like straddling the line where it's you can pick either side and you're right either way you're wrong either way yeah you know it's kind of bringing up to the topic of you know to bring it into discussion kind of Mm mm-hmm but this one, yeah, it's there's a lot to digest going through there. Uh, performances are fantastic. Uh, McDormand might win Best Actress; she's kind of the front runner right now, I think. Uh, Rockwell, who's always good, is good again in here, but he's kind of playing, you know, the racist um, Southern cop. It's kind of his archetype. Okay. Um, but he's also a pretty complex character. Um, I won't say any more than that. But he's more than just a one-note, you know, racist piece of shit. Um, Woody Harrelson's also great. Yeah. A lot of great performances. There, there's some dark humor. Some people call it a, almost like a very dark or black comedy, but yeah, a lot of drop. Ooh. Hi. That Thai pasta's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sick.
1: <laughs> Peanuts. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> I want that (laughs) soundbite. How many times can change your sound? I don't know. We haven't worked in my other one. The other one was when I kept watching The Color of Money on the movie channels. I kept flicking it on, and it was on. I was like, all right, I'll watch it for a while. And then Tom Cruise, when he he keeps winning the fucking pool games, and uh, Robert Redford is just getting fucking irritated. Paul Paul Newman's getting irritated. And then Tom Cruise bails. He's just all jacked up walking down the street. He goes, I'm a fucking animal. Woo! (laughs) I was like, I want that one. (laughs) Now I kind of want the peanut (laughs) (laughs) one. Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) Shut up!
0: (laughs) Back to three billboards. Um, I would, right now, I'll give it a... I don't even know what to give it. It's an at least an eventually. Because I think you should see it. I think it's a movie people should see. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I give it a soonish, especially with the performances. Okay, I can always knock it down if I want to. But I mean, this is a big awards contender. It is heavy subject matter and is a very complex matter. Mm-hmm. Talking about law enforcement and justice and the procedures of a case, okay, a murder, specifically murder case or in cases in general, and how they're carried out, people behind them, things like that. So there's a lot to go through here. So yeah. It, the band's more than one viewing, although also the Martin McDonough, he did uh, he directed In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Sam, I R- Sam yeah. Rockwell's in Seven Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so is Woody Harrelson, I think. Because I haven't, I haven't I seen remember. Seven Psychopaths. I'd have. But I've seen In Dramural. Bruges. And I'd heard so much over the years In Bruges. So fucking great. Yeah. Dark comedy. You got to see that. It's fucking great. And I bought it, I think at Cheapo or Disland or something, like use Blu ray. I watched it, and I was disappointed. <laughs> I was like, this? But I think it's like, I'd, I'd watch it again. Yeah. Like, maybe I was just missing something or, you know, wasn't in the right mood to get that type of a movie. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't think he has a centralized focus when he's, like, making these, or at least that movie in Bruges. So I thought, well, maybe that's a little bit of what's going on here, where everything's kind of, like... I guess it isn't focused or, or like a centralized idea or his message wasn't necessarily clear like okay. what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And that's all I kind of felt here. I'm like, is he trying to tell me this is good or bad or this is good or bad or what? Sure. You know? So yeah, I would say it's go out and see it. Performances alone are worth it. But yeah, it's definitely something to think about. So I'll probably revisit it again. See if it makes the top 10 list. Before our,
1: before the Oscars. Yeah. Because Golden Globe nominated picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wind River? No, I don't think so.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think it was nominated. Yeah. But Franco was for a disaster artist. Yep. And disaster artist was for, you know, musical or comedy. hmm But yeah, maybe we could talk a lot about the Golden Globes and how much they fucking suck, but They're goofy just categories. Yep. Hollywood Foreign Press. No one gives a shit about you. Maybe we give out our
1: own awards <laughs> next year.
0: Other countries, I'm sure, when they look at the Oscars, like I'm sure a lot of people like watching the Oscars or are interested, and some of them are just you know, oh, it's just Americans, you know, jerking each other off and blah blah blah. Their movies mm-hmm. aren't as great, you know. Hollywood films, they're they're very flawed, you know, all about the money, things like that. But it's like, okay, you take that and let's replace everyone voting for that with foreign critics, you know, foreign press. It's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that does the Golden Globes. Yeah. So it's a bunch of foreign press people that vote for this shit. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, they have, you know, they can vote. They're movie critics. They write about movies, so they can do that. But, yeah, the uh remember when The Tourist was nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Angelina Jolie
1: and Johnny Depp? They even thought it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were not happy to be there. That doesn't make any you sense. So they
0: were nominated just... Hollywood Foreign Press wanted them at the ceremony so they yeah. nominated the fucking movie. So um, like that stuff like that, I mean that's not in a book proven, but that's what fucking happened. Yeah. It's pretty easy to read between the lines. Yeah. And when the shit like that happens, they lose all credibility. Mhm. So I mean, I rarely watch Golden Globes at all. I probably won't. Again, this year I'll I'll see who won. But like the next day I might look at the winners, but that's about it.
1: Yeah. I usually don't watch them. Um I did one as a kid because my mom watched most of those major award shows mm-hmm. so then I would watch it, uh, but I don't watch the Golden Globes start yeah. to finish. I'd be more interested. I'll maybe inter- flick it on, and if something's on that I'm curious about, I'll leave it, but that's kind of it, but usually I'm checking them after it's over. I'm just curious mm-hmm. what won, but... I'd be more yeah. interested in, like, the SAG Awards or
0: something like that.
1: Yeah, like, the SAG Awards is another one that I don't watch it at all, mm-hmm. but probably would be more interested in it just given who's voting on it mm-hmm. screen actors guild so all the brighter directors movies start like it's peer it's like peer awards yep. essentially so it's kind of like i'd be i'd be more interested in that i guess mm-hmm. than probably should be more interested in that than even the oscars to be honest with you but you're not cuz yeah. it premieres on tbs and <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares about it but yep whatever all
0: right. Uh, anything else you want to bring up on the show? Uh, well, so we're
1: we're doing our annual Christmas movie exchange. That we are. And we're adding in a little matinee viewing the new Star Wars. Yep, seeing Star Wars Saturday yep. afternoon. So maybe the next podcast we'll have a little, yep. little rundown of what we think of the new Star Wars. And I'm running through, me and Sam are running through all the fucking Star Wars that have come out before this new one. And they're just, con- they're, just they're just confirming all beliefs that the first three are just terrible. I haven't seen the third one ever in my life. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't even know if I've seen most of the second one. So until- you're watching it tonight, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have fun with so- <laughs> that. Third <laughs> one a- is actually the best of the three, but well, it, can't, it doesn't it can't say much. get any worse than yeah. the first two. Those are so bad. And I had a moment last night where I was laying on the floor. Watching it upside down, because I told Sam maybe it would be better if I was upside down. Uh, (laughs) She goes, you're weird. Uh, But I started to get irritated. And I told her, you know, if I I was like a teenager when Star Wars came out, like episode four, five, six. uh, When those came out, and, you know, people fucking loved them. Teenagers, you know, if you're a teenager really into Star Wars when it came out... And then you got older and then in 1999 they released episode one and that's what they came up with. I would be so fucking pissed. I was irritated last night and I'm not even that big of a Star Wars fan. I like it, Uh, but I wasn't even diehard as a kid. I didn't like love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be so irritated by these first three episodes that they just butchered the backstory Essentially of Darth Vader and mm-hmm. Luke and Leia. It's just such a terrible job. <laughs> so much CG. It was like 1999 came and they went, we just discovered CGI. We must put it everywhere. <laughs> Jake, everywhere. Yeah, Jake Lloyd and...
0: Fucking Jake Lloyd. Hayden Christensen ruined
1: that franchise more than Jar Jar.
0: I, I agree. Say. Yeah.
1: Jar Jar was terrible. Um, But Jake Lloyd was atrocious. Um, At least you could
0: say, like, as a kid, like, maybe I'd like Jar Jar. It'd be be fine if, like, you're a little kid. Yeah. Jake Lloyd. Nobody likes
1: Jake Lloyd. (laughs) Arnie. Jingle all the way, dude. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Arnie didn't even like his own son in that movie. Let's be real. Uh I called Sam. Hayden Christensen is so goddamn whiny in the second one that it's ridiculous. He's supposed to be angry, Mm -hmm. Darth Vader. Not whiny as fuck. Not emo? (laughs) Oh, my God. Sam was leaving for work today, and she's whining that she had to go to work. And I go... You're kinda reminding me of Hayden Christian. <laughs> <laughs> she's
0: like, Oh you've seen Shattered Glass though, right? Right.
1: Well I, I asked her I've I, never seen that. Well, I asked her, I go, wasn't He was like a big name. Like girls thought he was so cute and attractive. Like and for a period of time and she confirmed it. She said when she was younger, she's like, Oh, I loved Hayden Christian. I thought he was so cute and whatever. I go. What did he ever do? Oh, Have like, you seen Jumper, dude? Have you seen Jumper? <laughs> That's what she said. She goes. I think he was in a movie called Jump. I was like, I remember fucking Jumper. I never saw it. I never saw it. I remember the previews, and I went, I don't want to see Jumper. <laughs> now the kids are like, let's go see Jumper. Go through portals. Fucking Darth Vader. <laughs> no, he's like a weak ass Paul Walker is what he's trying to
0: be. <laughs> he should be in the new Fast movie. He just take over Hayden. his role.
1: Yeah. Aiden Pantieri, maybe. <laughs>
0: Pantieri? Panetieri? Panetieri, I
1: think. Planetarium?
0: Oh, no, it's Klitschko now, I think. <laughs> she just goes by Klitschko. God, she Glitzy. I hope she has good health insurance.
1: Friends of Clark, Glitzy.
0: Glitzy. <laughs> All right, I think that's...
1: That's enough. <laughs> that's enough for the show. All right.
0: Uh, please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Yahoo! Yahoo! Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. And uh, please rate and review on iTunes and or Stitcher. Subscribe, listen, download, do whatever. Yep. All right, we'll check you later.
1: All right, check you later. Bye. Wait,
0: man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. (laughs) Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you off my case?